right. Well, today, give you some time to get your Bibles and notes and electronics, whatever you're using, get all that stuff together. So uh, today we're looking at an overview of the Grace Administration, but I'm going to do it differently. So I normally do, I don't know why, but it's just the way I like to do it, keep you guys fresh and sharp. So we're going to look at today the Grace Administration, and this teaching is called Lights, Camera, Action. <laughs> Lights, Camera, Action. So we all, as I sit around and look at you guys, we all enjoy movies, right? Mm -hmm. So much so that I think if I walk in every believer's house, they have a set of movies that they've bought. Right? You've already seen it once, so why you buy it? Because <laughs> you like it, right? And every movie, whether it's uh, a western, a drama, a romantic comedy, whatever it may be, there's usually two main characters in every movie, right? There's the hero, I like to call them, or in the more ven better vernacular of movies, the protagonist, right? And then there's the villain that they call the antagonist, right? And uh, both of those are usually locked into some kind of, even in romantic comedies, yeah. they're locked into some kind of battle throughout the whole movie. There's a beginning of the movie, there's a middle, and there's an end, right? So I got to thinking, what if you realize today that you are in a movie and that you are the star of the show, that you are the protagonist in your own life? And your antagonist is the adversary. That is the grace administration. You guys get that? Mm -hmm. It's like God has created a movie. You're the star in it. All of us are starring in it. We're our own protagonists. But we do have an antagonist. That is the devil, the adversary. And so what happens is there's an opening scene to your movie. And then there's going to be a closing scene. But what happens between the opening scene and the closing scene is up to who? Us. It's up to you, right? And I'm going to show you today that God's word, particularly the seven administrations, I mean the seven church epistles, is your movie script. You get that? And the words that are in, in found in the seven church epistles are your lines. Every movie actor has to know his script and what his lines are, right? In order to be a good actor or actress. Does that make sense? So let's look at the opening scene, Ephesians chapter 2, where God found us. This is the opening scene. This is where God found us. So in Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to do verses 1 and 2, and then we'll skip down to another one. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And you hath he quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and what? Sin. That's your opening scene. God found each one of us dead in trespasses and in sins. And then verse 2 says, Wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of who? Disobedience. Disobedience. That's where God found us. That's our opening scene. Aren't you glad that's not the closing scene as well? Yeah. Look at verse 12. He says that at that time, ye, at this time when God found you, you were without Christ, 
being aliens from the commonwealth of who? Israel. Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise having no hope and without God in the world. That's the opening scene. Are you locked in? Mm -hmm. well, don't you want to see what the rest of your movie is supposed <laughs> to be and what your character is supposed to be? Mm -hmm. But let me skip ahead, push a fast forward. You know how you do that on your DVD? You push fast forward, you don't like something? So let's go to the closing scene and then we'll get to the middle part. So the closing scene, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Look how wonderful God is. No one, no one's beginning was any better than anyone else's. <laughs> and no one's ending necessarily will be better than anyone else's, except the way you play a role in your ending is how you stand on the word now. Right? right. All of us have the rights to have uh, crowns given to us, rewards. But they may be different based on what your stand is in this life. But we're all going to have the same ending. We're all going to end up right here. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Let's look at verse 16. That's where we'll start. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise. How? First. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. How about that for a closing scene? How about the believers being raised from the dead, meeting the Lord in the air, the end of the adversary, basically. There's going to be some more things coming, but that's kind of the closing scene for us. Right? I didn't want to go into all the details of the closing scene. So you got the beginning scene and the ending scene or the closing scene. And what did I tell you earlier? In order to be a good actor, you have to know your script and you have to know your what? Lines. Right? This is going to get real good. I, I like this. I'm already enjoying this. <laughs> our script are the seven church epistles and our lines are the words found in the epistles. So this is the question as the actor in your own life that you have to ask yourself. Are you in character or out of character? Ah, think about that. Every day, am I in character? Am I in the script? Am I doing my lines? Or has the adversary, the antagonist, got me out of character? Look at Romans chapter 1. And I can tell you what we look like when we're out of character. We're pretty nasty people. Just be real honest with you, because it's your old man, <clears throat> right? Gets you out of character. But watch this. I'm going to show you some of your lines that you should memorize, and you should know them every day, and just to build this thing. And we're going to really <clears throat> look at two sections. We're going to look at the script that's in Romans, and then we're going to look at the greatest of all the scripts, the book of Ephesians. So you guys ready? Ready to know your lines? Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's go to Romans chapter 1. Look at verse 16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it, it, the gospel, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew or Judean first, and also to who? The, the Greek. Greek or the Gentile. For I am not ashamed. 
That's your line. You're not to be ashamed of the gospel, of this gospel of grace and glory. You're not to be ashamed of it. Why? Because it says it is the power of who? God, God unto salvation. Now watch this, verse 17. For therein, therein where? In your script. The seven church epistles. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from the first faith should be believing to faith. So let me read that how it should be uh, read. For therein, in this script, in these seven church epistles, is the righteousness of God revealed from believing to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by what? Faith or believing. That's your script. What are you supposed to live by every single day? By believing. So are you in character or out of character? Are you living by believing or are you living by fear, doubt, worry, and all the other things that the antagonist called the adversary tries to throw at you? That's your script, right? And every now and then, God is so graceful and so wonderful, God will step in and say, cut! Cut scene. You're out of character. That is not what I had written for you in the script. Okay, you want to start over? Replay. That's called grace and mercy. See how wonderful that is? Replay. Replay. Look at Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. And we're going to start in verse 25. It's talking about what Jesus Christ did for us. So in Romans chapter 4, verse 25. It says, who, this is Jesus Christ, who was delivered for our offenses, and offenses can be sins. He was delivered for our sins and was raised, the word again is not in the Greek, and was raised for our what? Justification. justification. Jesus Christ was raised to secure your justification. So he died, put in a grave for three days, three nights, which satisfied the justice of God, and then when our justification was secured, God raised him from the dead. Isn't that wonderful to see that? He was raised from the dead to secure our justification. And who remembers what justification is? It is to present a man or woman legally righteous before God. It's like to be on trial and someone comes in and says, not guilty. Though you may be as guilty as sin itself. <laughs> Right? Someone comes in and says, not guilty. That's what justification is. And guess how often you have that justification? Don't guess. Let's keep reading the script. The script will tell us. Verse, chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being what? Justified. justified. It's a one-time act. Jesus Christ did a complete work, and you are forever justified right now. Jesus Christ does not have to come back to the earth teach for a year, be beaten again, and put on another tree every time he needs to justify somebody. It is a one-time act. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with who? God. Who do you have peace with? God. So, are you in character or out of character? If I got fear, then the fear is going to cancel out the peace. I'm out of character. I'm supposed to have peace with God. God is not at loggerheads with you. God is not bumping you upside your head. God is not bringing you into sickness and disease and all other kind of problems because I need to humble you. Mm -hmm. 
as they teach in the religion. That's not what it is. You have peace with God. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Well, if I got peace with God, then I ought to approach him. That's man's basic cry. Man wants to be able to approach God. He can't. Not without Jesus Christ because he doesn't have the peace. Right? Mm -hmm. So if you're going to God stumbling, bumbling, fearful, you're out of character. That's not in your script. God is saying, cut, Dana. Let's go back to the scene. That's not what I wrote for you. And you're going to see that even further. Look at that. Boy, we've been justified. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we what? Stand. Stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Isn't that wonderful? Wow. Let's skip down to verse 17 of chapter 5. Romans 5, 17. Look what it says. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, my favorite phrase, much more, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one. Who is that? Jesus, Jesus Christ. According to your script, according to your line, you and I are to reign. In life through Jesus Christ. If I am not reigning, then guess what? I'm out of character. You guys see that? We're reviewing our scripts together, right? We're looking at it. These are our lines. This isn't just Don's line. This is every born again believer. Now look, go back up a little bit. It says, much more, they which receive. That word receive there is not the Greek word dekomai. It's the Greek word lumbano. It says much more. They which receive into manifestation. It doesn't just say grace. It says an abundance of what? Grace. grace. That's your character. You're to receive into manifestation an abundance of grace. An abundance. Sounds to me like 2 Peter where it says grow in what? Grace. You're to receive into manifestation an abundance of grace. Now, why this is so important to me on Wednesday night, was that last Wednesday or whenever it was, when I taught, I shared on this from the theme, abounding in God's grace. And I asked the question, how do you know when you are abounding in God's grace? That was my answer I got to when I talked. <laughs> That's the theme. Abounding in God's grace. How do you know when you're abounding? When it is overflowing in your life and is beginning to have an impact on other people. And it doesn't matter what category of life it is. You got to get to the point that it's overflowing. God's will for your life is that his divine favor overflows in your life. You guys get that? Overflows. And the verse that I used or the section I used to show on that Wednesday night was Acts chapter 11. The great man of God, Barnabas, goes into a city called Antioch. And when he gets to Antioch, Barnabas says, I saw or I seen the grace of God on them. And so I said that Wednesday night, grace is not nebulous. It's not something mysterious. It can be seen. You can see the grace of God on a person's life. God wants his grace to be seen on you. And what kind of grace according to the script, according to your line? 
Abundance. You see that? Look how wonderful God is. That's the script. Can't get outside the script. Look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Boy, we haven't even got to Ephesians. We're getting there. <laughs> We're getting there. And isn't it wonderful that God can say, cut. Not to beat you up, but to say, hey, hey, wait a minute, Don. That's not in the script. It's not in the script for you to be full of fear. It's not in the script for you to be poverty stricken. It's not in the script. The script says, boom, boom, boom. You get it? God just reminds us of that. So here, Romans chapter 8. Watch this. Let's go. So verse 1 says, there is therefore now no what? Condemnation. No what? Condemnation. condemnation. So if I'm in condemnation, once again, I'm out of character. You see how this is fits so well together? You're out of character. God says there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, uh-oh, there were some things the law couldn't do, right? That's why God had to eventually get rid of it. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Here we go. Verse five. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of what? The spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Two types of minds available. Two scripts, two lines available for you as the actor in the grace administration. The adversary wants you to be in this carnal mindset. Whenever he can get you in the carnal mindset, he's gotten you outside of your script, outside of your line. And he says the result, God says, if you're in that mindset, what is going to be the result? Death in some shape, form or fashion. That doesn't necessarily mean we're putting dirt over you. Get my point? You can be carnally minded and still have death in so many other different categories of life. But here it says the latter part of verse 6, but to be spiritually minded. That's your character. You to be spiritually minded. And God's promise is that is life and what? Peace. Peace. Now watch, watch verse 7. Because the carnal mind, the mind of the flesh is what? Enmity or hatred against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh, they that are out of character cannot please God. Don't you want to please God? I can't imagine a guy showing up at a scene for a movie and not want to please the director who's directing the movie, right? It just doesn't work that way. So look at here. Um, look at verses 16 and 17. Wow, this is good. Verse 16. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of who? God. God. God is the director of this administration, and he says you're his child. 
So if I say anything else other than I'm a child of God, or if I let someone else convince me that I'm not good enough to be God's child, I'm already out of character. Because the director, God Almighty, El Shaddai, Elohim, Jehovah, whatever name you want to say God is, all those wonderful names says you're his child. Now, I have children. No matter how bad they behave, I will never disown them. <laughs> what about God? Will God ever, ever, ever disown you? Never. Verse 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. You are an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. That is not after you're dead. That's how they used to teach it growing up and hearing stuff about, I call it slave plantation Christianity. That's what they used to tell the slaves. You're meant to be a slave here on earth, but in the sweet by and by, you'll get your rewards. That was the twist of the scripture for the slave master. But what does God's word say? That I am an heir and a joint heir with Christ when? Yeah. Right now. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Isn't it great? We got a script. <laughs> we got lines to this movie. Ephesians chapter 1. Now watch this. It gets really good in Ephesians. Really good. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us. Hath is what? Past yes, tense, yes. just like Robin taught last week. Who hath blessed us with some spiritual yeah. blessings. Oh. That's not what the script says? No. It would be great if it did say that, wouldn't it? Yeah. But guess what? That's not what it says. If God just said, I bless you with some spiritual blessings, that would be great. But he says, I bless you with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in who? Christ. Christ. You got it all. It's already there for you. It's just we got to do what we heard tonight or today in manifestations. Believe. It's already there. Now listen to this. Physical blessings are the result of being blessed spiritually. Grace is spiritual. It's not necessarily a physical thing. So let me explain it to you this way. If, if we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings, right? Mm -hmm. When they show up in the earth realm or in the senses realm, can those blessings not take on a physical manifestation? You get it? So we're sitting here today in this wonderful house, right? This is a physical blessing. But where did it start? It was a spiritual blessing first. That's how God works. If he's blessed you with all spiritual blessings and then he comes down, I don't know how it comes down. We have to find that out at the end of the scene. But it's all, he's blessed you with all spiritual blessings. If you're sick and you need to be healed, is that a spiritual blessing? But it shows up how? Physically. In a manifestation. And God has blessed us with how many? Oh. 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 Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. We were just there to start it, but there was something I missed to show you. Ephesians chapter 2, look at verse 4. But God, who is poverty stricken in mercy, no, 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 no. 
says, God is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when ye were or we were dead in or dead to sins hath quickened us together with Christ by grace ye are saved. Now watch verse six and have raised us up together and made us sit together where? In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We've been raised up. We're completely identified with Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ died, we died. When God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he raised you and I from the dead. And when Jesus Christ ascended and sat down at the right hand of God, we sat down with him. Hence, Paul writes by revelation in your script, in your line, you are sitting together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The great Dr. Warrow said you should never have a, be, feel like you're inferior as a believer. If anything, he said, you ought to have a superior, superiority complex <laughs> because of where you're seated in the heavenlies. How many of us think like that? Guess what? We're out of character. <laughs> We're out of script. We're thinking still five senses wise where the adversary wants us to think. And that's not where we're supposed to be. Isn't that wonderful? Look here at verse 10. Same chapter. For we are his, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should what? Walk, Walk in them. The word workmanship means masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. God is the one that's going to collect the uh, Emmy Award as being the best director of all time. Because you are his masterpiece. And how did he get you to be his masterpiece? It was through his son, Jesus Christ. Now listen to this. This is some good stuff here in the Amplified. Let me go there so you can hear this. Still looking at Ephesians there in uh, chapter 2, verse 10. Listen to this in the Amplified. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Prearranged. Now how wonderful did God set that up for me in my teaching? We are to live the good life. If I'm not living the good life, is it God's fault? No. It just means I'm out of character. I need to go back and pick up my script and reread my lines because I'm supposed to live the good life. But notice what else it said. It said to prearrange, living the good life which he prearranged. Every writer who writes a movie prearranges with the actor what he is to say or do. That's what they do. They write a screenplay. They write a script. They give you your character, who you are. When you get to this scene, Bill Jackson, this is what you're supposed to say. This is how you're supposed to uh, uh, move or act or do whatever you do. The, the writer prearranges. So does God. God is already prearranged. It's like playing in a sports game. You walk out on the field confident. Why? Because we're going to win. How do you know? It's already prearranged. I don't know if we're going to win by 70 points or if we're going to win by one point. But I know we're going to win. Because yeah. it's prearranged by God, right? And if we don't win, 
there's a problem. Ever heard that? Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> it's the way it's supposed to be, right? Man, look at Ephesians 5. Two more. Ephesians 5, verse 1. It says, be ye therefore followers. The word followers is the word imitator or mimic. Be ye therefore followers or imitators or mimics of who? God. God as dear children. Are you mimicking the director? Are you mimicking your father? He tells you to. And here's the wonderful thing how this progression of growth occurs. In the Gospels, you're told to be a disciple, right? Mm -hmm. A disciple is one who follows the teacher and the teaching. So if I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, that's who I'm supposed to follow, right? But as I grow and develop, it goes from being a disciple of Jesus Christ to being an imitator of God. Look at the progression. Look at what's available to you. That doesn't say, be ye therefore followers of Jesus, does it? It says, be a follower, mimic, and an imitator of God. Do, do your children mimic you? Do they imitate you at points in times? Sometimes even the bad stuff. <laughs> but God doesn't have any bad stuff for us to mimic or to imitate. That's part of the script. Who's your daddy? That's who you're supposed to behave like. And the final concluding thing I want you to see here is in Ephesians chapter 6. After all this great script for this movie, The Grace Administration, after learning that you are the protagonist and the adversary is your antagonist, the, look what God writes by way of Paul in verse 10. Finally, finally, in summation, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his what? Might. Be what? Strong. You can't be strong if you don't know your lines. You can't be strong if you don't know the script. Many actors get their script a whole year before they start filming the movie so they can practice. So they know when it comes time for their scene, boom, they can nail it because that's what the script and line says. This says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So if I am weak, and it is available for me to be weak, but if I am weak, then guess what? I've been saying it the whole teaching. I am out of character. Because it says be strong. God would never ask or tell you to be something you could not be. God is not going to say dance on the head of, uh, head of a pen because he knows you can't. He's not going to waste your time like that, right? And there you go trying to balance yourself on the head of a pen or something, <laughs> something stupid like that, right? But it's not stupid to be strong because God says you can be. Be strong. Am I reading that right, people? Yes. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That is your script, your movie. You're not in paradise. You're not in the law administration. You're not in the patriarchal administration. And guess what? You're not even in the appearing administration yet. You're still in this scene, in this administration called grace. God is giving you his script, your script, seven church epistles, and he's giving your lines to the movie. And guess who you're supposed to use these lines against? The adversary. 
So when the antagonist comes on the scene, scene seven, he slides in. What are you supposed to tell him? Be strong, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Jesus Christ had his movie. The adversary showed up. What did he say? Get thee behind me, Satan, because it is what? Written in my script as the Messiah that this is how I'm supposed to act and behave. So let's enjoy this grace administration. Let's enjoy the one body because we're not in this by ourselves. We all started dead in trespasses and sins. And we're all going to get a glorious body at the end and be with the Lord forever. But how you choose to live your movie in between those two scenes is on you. You got the script. You got the word. That's what I wanted to share. Bless you. Okay. <laughs>